Hey everybody and welcome to a special edition of the Steam Machine Podcast. You're getting a double dose this week. Uh, my name is Dalton and joining me is our resident JRPG expert, your friend and mine. Everybody say hello to Mr. James Fister. Fister. Wow, ah. I can't talk James Fisher. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, sir. Thank you. I, I always like a double dose anytime we can get it and... Uh, Always excited to come back on the podcast and talk some uh, JRPG goodness. Although this week, it, I think we're going to be a little limited in what we can really talk about with this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I It was funny. When I was, after this, like I had finished it, I was like, all right, I'm going to immediately go watch an overview of the story so I can kind of recash everything that just happened. Because there was a lot. The, one of the Bukus, videos on YouTube so much. says... Trails in the Sky FC, the 40-hour prologue. And I was <laughs> that's like... A, I, I saw that. I was like, the, that's the perfect analogy to this game. It really is, dude. It really is. Um, now, first and foremost, um, I know about this series because of you. Um, <laughs> and and the JRPG Report. Shout out everybody listening to this. Go listen to Thank the you. JRPG Thank Report. Thank you very much, yeah. <laughs> um, and you you came into it a bit differently than me. And uh, you kind of guided the way that I'm playing this series. So if you kind of want to give an overview of how you discovered it, what got you into it, and then we can kind of touch on, you know, uh, how you influenced the way that I'm going to play this series. <laughs> Thank you. That uh, You know, that's always been one of the goals of the podcast anyways, to maybe bring, shine some light on games that, you know, because everybody knows about the Final Fantasies and Dragon Quest and Personas of the World. And, and we all love those, you know, tales of too. But... I like to shine a light on different games, and in particular, the Trails of Legend of Heroes line has really picked up steam. And what for me, I got in with the Legend of Heroes uh, Trails of Cold Steel. So obviously, that's a little bit different than the series that we're talking about. Cold Steel just started. I want to say the first one was like six, seven years ago, maybe even longer now. But it came out on PS3 and. That was my starting point, and I kind of feel that's the way it was for a lot of players. Um, you've got some OG guys that came in with uh, with Sky, but um, yeah, I, I kind of just learned about it on a whim. I think I even just saw it on Amazon one time. I was like, this game looks kind of promising, and added to the cart, kind of took a whim and, and, and loved it, and then found out, oh... By the way, it's it's almost as if like you know one of these kids watches the the, the prequels of Star Wars, right? Yeah, <laughs> and and then they learn <laughs> that there's a whole you know there's three you know additional movies that they need to watch before that, and they get excited about it. That's very much now you know with playing Cold Steel, you learn that there's five games <laughs> that you need to play before that to really get the full story, and I so I played Cold Steel. I think I actually played one, two, and three, and then went back and played Trails in the Sky first and second chapter. Uh, full disclosure, I've only made it halfway through the third one. Maybe we can talk about that a bit in, as well. And and the so four and five are what's called the Crossbell arc, and they've actually never been properly <laughs> localized. So their uh, Geofront is working on bringing those PC over. But if you play on a console, there's actually no way of playing those two games, which is uh, that really irks them. <laughs> I uh, I do have the Crossbell series on my PC, um, fans translated, but it uh, it's definitely not easy to get. <laughs> now or as of right now it took me uh, no quite it, a bit it's, of it's finally come it's it is finally coming you know uh they're going to localize it uh next year i think we're getting in 2022 we're getting the first one and then the second one the year after but yeah it's been a long time coming for people to get the full story now those are called uh trails of azure and trails mm -hmm. of zero correct yes that is that is true okay and reverie is the new chapter so Trails in the Reverie is the newest one that is coming, Hajimari no Kaseki, as it's known. And then there's Kuro no Kaseki, which is actually the newest, newest one that just came out in Japan. So after you beat all four Cold Steel, you've got two more after that that have yet to be localized. So Jeez. there's 
there's there's <laughs> these are not short games. Um, <laughs> the one you just played is the shortest one. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, and it was uh, I think I put in about fifty hours into it total. Okay, yeah, that's baby steps. Uh, by the time you get to Cold Steel three and four, you're talking about over one hour, one hundred hour, you know, Persona five level games in total. I'm all for it, dude. Like I, a lot of people scoff at long games and I am so the opposite. I'm just like, and I don't know. It's probably because I have a lot of free time at the moment, um, but <laughs> it, it does make a difference. <laughs> I'm just like, man, you know, I like a game that I can chip away at and mm-hmm. there's l- lots to discover, like going uh, to, to trails in the sky. Like I didn't do it as often as I would like, but one of the coolest things I thought was that the NPC dialogue changes after every major event. Absolutely. It's fantastic. You can really dive into. I just thought that, yeah, I thought that was really cool. So you started with cold steel one, um, Mm -hmm. and then went back to sky. So how did that affect your, like your view on the story? Because I know that, um, a lot of the stuff that happens in sky, uh, is referenced later on. It, it is, but at the same time, they're completely separate stories. So I luckily, um, so by the time you get to Cold Steel 4 is when Sky reconnects with the series, so to speak. So that's when those characters kind of come back and the story connects to it. So it honestly, it really didn't affect it too much. Cold Steel 1 and 2 are standalone, right? So it helps to know the story before. But it's not really connected. Part three of Cold Steel connects with the Crossbell arc. And then part four connects with the Sky Trilogy. So I really, the only thing I felt like is I really gained a much deeper knowledge by playing it that way. I Obviously, I wish I could have played them in order. But I don't really feel like it uh, It affected. And, and so much as there's only, there's a handful of characters that, you know, you're going to recognize right away playing in the order that I did and be like, Oh, so it does ruin a few things. And I will try my best not to do that today. (laughs) Um, but since you know, the whole story, it's kind of like, Oh, well, this is not a really surprise. Or I, I I see that I know what's going to happen here. However, there are still tons of shocking moments and revelations and knowledge gained by playing it that way. And I don't feel like, the only way I would say not to do it is to play all four cold steel and then go back and play. You are going to have a lot ruined that way, but yeah. Um, yeah. If, if at all possible and you've got a PC able of playing the sky games, it will help you out greatly to, to play those at least the first two. I know, uh, my heart warmed the day that you sent me that, uh, a little gif of, I believe it's Estelle from cold steel four. And I was like, yeah, there she is. Look at her and all her like actual 3D glory. Oh, it's fantastic. Like obviously there there's a few years difference. I think four-ish or five years in between, you know, those adventures. So she's grown up a little bit as well. And yeah, just seeing her in full 3D and, and how well she plays in Cold Steel 4 is is a true treat, especially if you've experienced the Sky trilogy to know her character. And I mean, literally one of the best characters in jrpg history easy oh man i i completely agree with you i when i went through sky um and this made nate go wow <laughs> i told him i said i really enjoyed like the aesthetic of the game the way it looked i re- like it really mm-hmm. struck a note with me um then the story started getting pretty good and i was like all right this is going to be a, a pretty decent game and then the ending happened which we'll get to and uh <laughs> There was a moment I jumped up out of my chair, super happy, and then immediately sat back down and went, what? What? Yeah. And my eyes started tearing up. And I actually, this game brought me to tears. And I'm like, I have to put this game up there with Persona 5 and um, Dragon Quest Eleven because those are the only two other games that I can think of recently that have brought me to tears uh, as far as being that attached to the story. So I that's, was just that's like, incredible. I was just like, holy shit, dude. Like it's so good. <laughs> now I'm a man, so I've never cried at anything ever before. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no, like as close to tears as one could possibly come. Um, that is, you know, 
wedding day, the the birth of your child, and trails of, <laughs> trails <laughs> in the sky. That's that's the only times you'll ever cry. But no, it's like you get so invested in this game over such a short period of time. Like I feel like it it doesn't really waste your time at all. It is just bang, 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 bang. There's really no downtime in it. Being a shorter game helps, but you you love the characters, you love the world, you love the story that it tells, and it just it grips you and it doesn't let go. Which very few games can really do that. I love Persona Five and Dragon Quest Eleven, but those are long games, and yeah. so your interest is going to wane and and a little bit as you get longer involved, but. Yeah, once you get in with the bright kids, there's no getting out. <laughs> yeah, and you know, starting off with like them at the house and everything, and uh, you know, Cassius brings home Joshua. I love that. Like the one of the first things Estelle says is, "You brought me a present. Why is my present a boy? <laughs> boy? <laughs> like I even got an achievement for completing the prologue. That's what it's called. Why is my present a boy? And that just cracked Why me is up. It a boy? Yeah, because they're what you know. At <laughs> at that point, when he comes home, I guess they're eleven, something like that. Uh, um, yeah, something. It's it's young, right? So you know, by the time the story really gets going, they're sixteen and and coming of age, but. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine, like, you know, my, my daughter's going to be eight. I can't imagine bringing home a boy to her. You know, that, that'd be insane. Well, so it's it's a very natural reaction. Estelle, that is just her to a T, uh, her reaction to things. And as a dad myself, like, I immediately connect with Cassius. And, get you know, it's cool to see Because that, you know, typically in games, we're dealing with high school kids, uh, maybe even younger sometimes. So it's actually kind of refreshing to see a character like Cassius as a father. You know, he's dealt, you, you'll learn a whole bunch more of what he's dealt with in his life and what Estelle's gone through as well. But it's it's refreshing to see a story like that in yeah. games and something you can connect to on a different level. As opposed to, like, say, Persona, where it's usually like you get sent off somewhere else <laughs> to go stay yeah. with somebody that's not your parents and then the game you know happens but oh yeah. yeah persona everybody's tragic backstory like you know nobody has a parent right yeah <laughs> <laughs> who's raising all these kids i don't know but <laughs> but yeah man like uh it's just the way it develops and stuff like i know uh for the show we've already touched on like chapters one and two so i'll just br- kind of briefly go over them but like okay you know in chapter one i believe is where you go to uh bows and you're doing mm-hmm. all this stuff around there and the, the sky bandits I thought the that capital was, gang. Yeah. That was a cool arc. Um it didn't go where I was expecting, and that was the first like, what the fuck is going on here? When the Sky Captain kinda like all of a sudden's like, what's going on here? What do you mean we hijacked a plane? what do you mean we hijacked a plane? Mm-hmm. And all you're like, Oh, what's what's going on with this? It was very intriguing. Was, you know, Sky Bandits obviously is another JRPG staple. You've got to have some, but they're not your usual Sky Bandits. There's something else going on there. And, and yeah, like the leader. So it's Josek, uh, Kyle, and the leader's Dawn, right? Or Dom? Uh, um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, like, what what is going on here? You don't know. There's tons of those moments of you just don't quite know what's going on. There's a bigger story being told. And, yeah, that was that was fun raiding raiding the sky bandits, uh, band and uh, rescuing the day. And where's where's your dad at? Like, right? <laughs> where is Cassius? What's he doing? <laughs> now, now, I believe it's in chapter one where you get introduced to one of my favorite characters of the game. And I might ask you to spoil something for me. Uh, I'll try my best, only because I have a hunch and I need to know. Right? Okay. And, okay. And don't worry, it's not about Josh or anything like that. I know that okay. there's major things about him so in chapter one you meet olivier uh-huh <laughs> and he is fucking hilarious uh he's, he's best yes he absolutely cracks me up um the interactions between him and the party especially estelle uh kept me laughing anytime he was on screen <laughs> um later on you find out that he's part of He's from the Arabonian Empire, and they seem very mm-hmm. protective over him, which mm-hmm. makes me feel like maybe he is a uh, a Chloe situation. Ah, okay. 
So what do you what do you know about Chloe? <laughs> um, so in chapter two, uh, whenever you meet Chloe, um, it's not revealed quite yet no. that uh, what's going on with her. Um, but you help her save the uh, orphanage and things that me and Willie touched on. Um, it, I I'm trying to remember who actually burned down. The orphanage was it the uh oh you don't really know do you it's like the no. royal army later on you find that out but at the time i don't think you know like who did it or anything um but you do save the kids that was my first oh shit moment yeah. was when the orphanage was burning down with the kids and that lady inside i was like yeah that's real man oh, oh my god <laughs> but luckily agate was there to save the day uh yeah, it's pretty cool he is he is an asshole but he's cool yeah. So, like, so you're making some connections that, like I said, I don't want to ruin anything, but yeah, those are both protected characters. And it um, doesn't take too much to figure out who Olivier really is. Um, but he, let's just say he's not necessarily a traveling bard. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, that's all I basically wanted to know is that I got the feeling that he wasn't being exactly forthcoming. Yeah, well, I mean, and Charizard, Char, you know, Sharia, she she finds him out pretty soon, so that's, but yeah. who he is, uh, you don't have to search very hard on the internet, so be careful. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> will do. Um, now, moving into uh, chapter three, around the chapter three is where me and Willie left off, like once you have Tita, okay. and you're having to deal with the... Uh, the oh god, what were their names? The bandits that were in the waterfront district. Um, Agate used to be their leader. The gang, I, I it escapes me who you're talking about, but yeah, yeah. the gang. Just they're like a the street gang for yeah. that, uh, for that city, which I believe is Ruan. Ruan, yeah, and the mayor and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it ends up turning out that uh oh, you know what? It was now that I think about it, it was the mayor. And his buddy in the end, who ends up being the ones that burned down <laughs> yeah. the uh, orphanage because they wanted to use that land to build like luxury homes for like the Duke. Who, yeah, that, oh man. Oh God. Talking about great A A holes, right? <laughs> he, he just like, he was the epitome of those dudes that I just would not want to be around. No, no. That's, just, he, he needs a good Estelle smacking with a stick upside the head. Yes, which I did give him later in the game, which was fucking satisfying. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, like, Dean Duke is just like, or Duke Dean, whatever Duke. his name is. Uh, he's uh, just like an absolute rich, snooty, snobby, gets what he wants because he has all the money. Uh has probably never heard the word no in his life. <laughs> Just like one of those guys. And he, every time he's on screen, I'm just, I feel for his butler. Oh gosh. Yeah. Like, uh, I love this butler. <laughs> his butler should have quit a long time ago, but I guess, you know, it's a royal position. They're hard to come by. So, yeah, but and, you know, he's not atypical, you know, he's next in line to be, be King. So, you don't sympathize with him at all, but that's just the way those guys are, I guess. They're they're ruthless. Yeah, and gosh, man, if I was that like in that world and that was gonna be our king, I'd be like, Oh Lord. <laughs> are, are First any, off, you don't necessarily want to live in a place that has a king. because uh, yeah. those usually don't go well. But yeah. <laughs> I think I'd move over to Arabonia it's a little bit different, even though there's still a king, but different different circumstance yeah but not that guy look no not like that but the uh the main the main thing that you start seeing is that like when you end up catching the mayor he doesn't remember what happened no he's got a similar thing going on so there's this really weird like dynamic going on in the game where you're you're playing through all these but there's this underlying story of what's really going on here, and yeah, and that scene are, with the with the mayor where he pulls out the artifact that freezes you, but then the artifact that Cassius gave you, or not necessarily gave you, but that you opened, 
they react to each other. There's there's some big big things going on that you're not necessarily privy to. Yeah, the the black orbment. The yeah. uh and it's it's in chapter three that you kind of start studying that and try to figure out what the hell it does. And they're like you take it to Tita's grandpa, who's the crazy yeah. old professor guy. Professional <laughs> Russell. Yeah, he's he's a key figure. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh the more they talked about that guy, the more I was like, Well, damn, isn't he Einstein? <laughs> you you're scratching the surface of of big big things in the in the story later on like like it's it's so remarkable and just to speak on for a second like yeah, go for it. the amount of lore in this one game alone is insane <laughs> and like what they connect over nine games is going to blow your mind in terms of the story being told and the amount of information out there, it's truly insane how they connect it all. Yeah, I look forward to it, man, because I always love those little. Oh, that's referencing this from that game. Oh, yeah. like I love that. So, yep, nine and, games worth of that. I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to understand it all. There's no way. Like you could write a college thesis on it and not even come close. Hey, man. Gives me more to try to learn and decipher. It'll be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, before we go, let me. what's your plan? Like, so how are you going to play these? Like, just every time one comes up, do you play the next one? Um, so basically, how, how I plan on playing it is because, like, we had talked about, um, you know, you, I was going to play the order of the games because you had said uh, that, you know, you recommended playing them in the order. So, but I did tell Willie, like, I don't know if I can go more than a year without playing the second chapter because I, I don't want to forget all of that stuff. You know what I mean? So, you don't want to forget that emotion. I mean, I, if it was me and I did, cause I was lucky enough to play them back to back. I didn't waste any time. Like I dived right into chapter, you know, second chapter, but, uh, you do what you gotta do. I guess you're the limitations of your podcast, but maybe rig the rig the voting a little bit. Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, we we talked about you know like if you know, say Trails of Cold Steel comes up as a choice on the you know on the uh, okay the vote, then I'm just gonna put in SC instead because you know we want to like yes. I said we want to do them in the order. But um, it'll probably be one of those games where I'm like, all right. It's, uh, I feel like it's trails time. You know what I mean? Cause yes. I don't want to wait. Like I said, I don't want to wait super long. Um, I want to experience that second half and really finish up that story that way. Like, and that is truly what it is. Like, you know, obviously there's a third, but that's a different game. Like second chapter is called that for a reason. And you, you need to play them back to back. And I, I honestly, I have thought about, playing it in my own time and then going back and brushing up on it. If when it comes up for the show, I wouldn't fault you if you did. Cause the way one ends, uh, I mean, how can you wait? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to get to that relatively soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, at, at, you know, you, you wrap up chapter three, you save Ruan. Um, you end up having to rescue, try to rescue professor, professor Russell. Um, you do, then he ends up splitting off with Agate. At this point, you realize that there's some shit going down um, with some people in the army. I believe it's the Royal mm-hmm. Army um, because it's Colonel. Is it Colonel Richard? Colonel Richard. Yeah. And yes. Captain well, Am- Amalia or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For I mean, you you re- you first meet Richard. Like, hey, you know, maybe. Maybe not so bad. No, no, I, dude, <laughs> the first time I met him and did, Amalia, I said, this is a JRPG and they're too good. There's something off about them. Hmm. Right? It's the same feeling that I had in Persona 4 with the detective cop guy. Yeah, you nailed that and one I was right like, and I, and I think that was only because I had played Persona 5. And I was like, <laughs> all right, so this is kind of similar. I, I see where they're going with this, but... I wasn't quite sure how this game was going to do it, but I just, I got a bad feeling about that dude or his, 
uh, Amalia, whatever, uh, his you know, right hand. Yeah, I think something like I, that. I knew it. something was up with one of them. And I hate to say this, I assumed it would be her because she had a very menacing face. Um, she did. She kind of had that resting bitch face, right? Yeah, which was drawn really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I kind of figured something was up with those guys. And then it turns out, yeah, that they're basically... Uh, attempting a coup on the queen, which you find out more about in chapter four. Mm. And like, I'm not really trying to go through this beat by beat so we can kind of, you know, broadly brush around, but like it it ends up being that the Royal army is trying to take over. Um, Duke Dunnan, Duke Dannon, what Duke Dunnan, whatever his name is, is Mm. um, in cahoots with Colonel Richard trying to, uh, take over the queen's throne because the queen wanted the princess <laughs> to be in charge and that just didn't fly now yeah. the princess i cannot remember is it claudia princess claudia okay claudia yes princess claudia you keep hearing about her and you keep hearing about her i had i had an inkling yep. as to who she may be just for some from some cut scenes earlier in the game but once uh joshua and estelle figure out who princess claudia is you all realize that it is your good buddy chloe is actually princess claudia yeah, they they don't they don't do a great job of hiding that you know that when you're talking about the mayor and she sends the message via the falcon and uh, all of a sudden the royal army shows up yeah <laughs> right i mean it, did, it didn't take too much intuition to figure that one out, um, but I thought that was really cool that you get to meet the princess <laughs> that way. And you know, it, it's one of those deals. Like in reality, Claudia is not ready to be queen. Like she's she's not, but surely the Duke is not either. So yeah. <laughs> at least she has potential to be a good queen. You know this. This dude guy would be the worst king in history. He'd get overthrown by his own. Yeah, people it's like no she time. would have uh, the knowledge and probably like the uh, I'll just call it the queenness ab- about her to uh-huh. grow into the role and learn everything she needs to learn. Whereas that Duke guy has already gone past all the learning stages of life, where he's just like, "It's my money, and I need it now." <laughs> basically it's, it's my throne give it to me now and get out of here you old bag like, you know the, but one of the scenes geez. that stuck out to me with him was uh when you are infiltrating the uh oh what was it the royal villa estate yes yeah and yeah. you go in there and he's in there or it might have been in the royal castle where you introduce this? Ha- yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is in the royal castle because this is when you're you and Joshua uh, Estelle and Joshua are dressed as maids. Yes, he, he looks at us. He looks at Estelle <laughs> like you're going to be servicing me tonight. And, oh, and absolutely! Like, I don't want to bring him tea. And Josh is like, I don't think he means tea. <laughs> <laughs> There's some other implications going on there. That's. Uh, Trails does that very well over its history of I've never outright saying things like that, but implications, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, that was where it felt real good eventually when you get into that fight with Duke Dunnan and his guards, and Duke's just running around the battle, not trying to fight. <laughs> it's classic. I it's had, so funny. <laughs> the, the perfect moment. It was like one of my perfect moments in gaming where he was doing that, and I wanted revenge on him. And I had sh- I had Shirazard uh-huh. in my party, and she had Esprek. So I was like, mm. "Oh yeah, he's getting sadist whip." So I, <laughs> I went over there, and she was like, "You've been a naughty boy," and just started whipping the shit out of him. And it was wonderful. And at the end of the fight, he's like laying on the ground like somebody had beat his ass. And the butler comes over, and he's like, "Is he okay?" And Shirazard's like, "No, he's not." She's like, "He." <laughs> He's not even hurt. He just fainted at the thought that someone would lay a hand on him. <laughs> Which that's just fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's it's it's absolutely true, but yeah, you actually did beat him down pretty good, but uh, <laughs> so that was well worth it. And 
How many times do we get to see Joshua in drag in this game, right? Hey, uh, he makes a pretty lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, 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 Olivier, ref, uh, that's so funny. I don't know. Is that in this game or in the next one? Um, Olivier finds out that Joshua was the princess and like he gets like all flustered about thinking about it, you know, oh. in the play. It's it's a funny funny moment. That, that, that's probably uh, in second <laughs> chapter, but I look forward to that because that sounds fucking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it, very much like I can't believe I missed that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Type deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it was Willie was saying that he he felt refreshed by Olivier because um, Olivier's so just like. I want to be sexual with everyone kind of guy. It's, uh-huh. like, it's very, uh-huh. uh, and I mean, people were kind of like put off by it, but like not as much as some other games. So I, I thought that was kind of nice that like he's weird and most people accept him other than Estelle and Joshua kind of give him the weird eye, but they're young. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's He's that beautiful weirdness that, somehow grows on you into yeah. love. I loved Willie's reaction to Olivier. He's like, he was a cool character. You know, I liked him and everything. And then we got into battle and he pulled out a fucking gun. And I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and his arts are amazing. Like he's a very vital. Yeah. I believe member. he's the first one that gives you a really good, like his S break hits more than one enemy. So like that's yeah. super helpful there in the beginning. Yeah, that's that's very. Yeah, I guess Estelle can with the hurricane, whatever. But yeah, that's she, S breaks are your best friends. That's yeah. for sure. Um, I will say uh, we haven't talked about him yet, but in chapter three, I think, excuse me, is when you first meet him. In chapter four, he becomes vital, and that is Zen. Ah, now the immovable mountain. Yeah. By the time you played this, was his name Zen? Yeah, I guess the translation had it went over to Zen instead of uh, Zing. It was it was Zane. Zane, that's yeah, and yeah. So it was originally it was Zane, right? Yeah. So it was a mis it was a mistranslation. So the original translation okay. it was supposed to be something along the lines of Zen, but they named him okay. Zane. And then <laughs> Falcom was basically like Exceed. His name is Zen, and they're like. Come on. All man. right. All right. And they went in and they patched it and fixed it. Um, I, I guess that was on the PSP version. He was probably called Zane. Then. Yes, I believe so. Okay. Now, he does not look like a Zane to me. So no. I'm glad that the name was changed because when I saw his name was Zen, I was like, oh, okay, that, that makes, I don't know why that just makes sense. But if his name would have been Zane, I'd been like, he doesn't look like a Zane, but all right. No, not at all. Like Zen, you know, you think like yin and yang, Zen, that type of deal, and he has that aura to him. So it made perfect sense. But Zane, I don't know what that implies, but it, it's not him. He is also the largest man in the entire game. By far. Dude, that guy is like the big show compared to everybody else. He's, he's a big, big guy, and that doesn't really change like <laughs> yeah I, if, even by the time you get to the newer games he's still the biggest dude out there like if i had to guess i would bet he's probably 66 300 pound brick shit house just absolutely like, just massive B- big show was a pretty good analogy <laughs> like he looks like uh he looks like a professional wrestler out here or a football player next to just high school kids right <laughs> Because even Agate, I mean, Agate's a big dude, but he looks like <laughs> half the size. You know, Agate is younger than I thought he would be. Like, for some reason, I figured that he would be in his, like, mid to late 20s. And it seems like he's not too much older than Estelle and Joshua, maybe like 20. Yeah, he's he's um he's going to be very too much old for a certain aspect that will come up at, in the future. But, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... Zen, going back to him really quick, when I first met him, I don't know why I did not, bra- like, senior bracer, like, S-rank bracer was mm-hmm. not what first came to mind. My first came to my mind is like, oh, this guy's like a farmer that I'm going to have to do some quests for <laughs> later. And he's, pro- he's probably got a Zen garden because his name is Zen. <laughs> something like that, or he's the town drunk. I don't know. Just- <laughs> he just seemed like he would be a very happy-go-lucky character, which he was, but no, it yeah. turns out he's a complete badass. <laughs> No, it turns out he's one of the what four 
four S rank bracers in the world. So I'm like, yeah, yeah no big deal. Yeah. No big and they, deal. He's in that tournament by himself against four people and he just wrecks all four of them. I'm like, <laughs> all right, this dude's what's up. I, he's like, I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> You're with me. But in the end, um, you figure out that there is a royal coup going on. Um, the royal army is trying to stage some sort of, uh, I'll call it an attack. Mm-hmm. But they want to put somebody in office that they can control. Um, or I, I guess into the royal seat, not the office. But uh, And it, there's this big... Uh, they start calling the black orbment the gospel. Uh, there's this, yes. there's this guy. So there's these people that you're chasing throughout the whole game that are in these like black suits and masks. And there's one who wears a red mask type thing. And Joshua like semi recognizes this dude's face, even though you can only see the bottom half of it. He's like, I know him from somewhere, but he can't, he mm-hmm. can't place where, right? So. As you're going, you realize that these guys are really the ones that you're worried about. Um, yes. They're kind of controlling things from behind the scenes, behind the scenes, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, you end up fighting him to save the queen. Now. Yes. I got an. How'd that go? I got an, <laughs> I got an achievement for beating him. Very good. I, I commend you then. Uh, brother, it took damn near every item I had. And yes. S breaks galore, but I was able to beat him by the skin of my teeth. Um, I color me impressed. I, I didn't even try. I'll be honest. Like I, I could tell right away it was not a fight that I could do easily, and I kind of just wanted to experience it. I, that's kind of me to a T in games anymore. Is if it's a challenge, ah, I just want to experience the game. Oh, brother! But that is very. Well done, sir. When, when I play Skyrim, first thing I do, give myself 5,000 carry weight, make myself have 1,000 HP, stamina, and magicka instead of 100. I feel you. It's like, I want to enjoy the story. I don't give a fuck about challenge. Like the co- Oh, no, no. It's it's easy mode. Let's go. Yeah, if the game's got a story mode, I'm going to play story mode. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, they invented story mode for me. I, I, I love it. So... <clears throat> But he, the, the the big thing about that fight is he takes his mask off, uh-huh. and you're able to see his face, um, which loops back around. Once you save the queen, you kind of get everybody back together, and there's this triumphant scene where you're having this showdown uh, with, I believe it was Amalia, uh, yes. and like all your other party members start coming in, um, because, and I think this is before you go save the queen. Everybody pops into this room and helps you save all of the captured people. And that's where you plan to go save the queen from there once you get that. Because then you've got the royal guard helping you because they were framed. And there's there's so much political intrigue that goes on during this game towards the end. A lot, yeah. That I was hooked at this point. (laughs) Like, oh shit, what is going on here? Because like like it feels so epic, like like you're really a part of it. Yeah, like Final Fantasy twelve was a good example of a game that I was like, this is pretty good. And then the political intrigue kicked up, and I was like, oh shit, what's going on yeah. here? That's a good parallel. Yeah, very well done. So like, you save the queen, and everybody's standing around and talking, and and this is where it got to. I couldn't put the controller down, and I had to finish the game. Uh, there wasn't much of it left, luckily, but now um, you save the queen. Things are put back into order. Everyone's standing around talking. Estelle brings up that he had taken his mask off during that fight. And Josh is like, he took his mask off. And Estelle's like, yeah. And then describes what he looks like. And Josh's face is just kind of like, oh, my God. Like, he mm-hmm. remembers him, but not enough to piece together, you know, who he is. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, you know, you, you keep rolling. There's a little more story beats that happen. And then uh, it's basically the end of the game. You and Estelle are now in Grand Cell, which is the royal city that Chapter 4 takes place in, which is massive. And 
you're kind of running around enjoying, uh, I believe, the Queen's birthday celebration. Mm-hmm. And you're going around, you go to the little vendors and stuff. I didn't really buy anything because I'm like, this is the end of the game. So like, I went and I, I, <laughs> I bought some food that I had eaten before and I let them eat because I figured that's what they would want to do. And then I took them to the little square where they're supposed to go and they're supposed to talk. Now, there's been this yes. building tension over the game of Estelle developing feelings for Joshua. Um, Ew. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's touch on that. So I know that there, there's a, a bit of a different look on things in Japan as far as relationships so and stuff like that, you know, and... I know that this storyline premise, I think, annoyed Willie a little bit because he wasn't into the idea. The way I look at it, they're not blood related. Um, no. They weren't raised together since they were babies. Like, they met each other a few no, years very ago. very much different. And now they're both hitting puberty. And they're going to start. Well, I guess they would have both. They were already hit. When they met, they were pretty much going through PBR. Now they're 16. Or, and- well, you know what I mean. 16, like those. Yeah. Emo- you start getting emotions. You're like, what's happening in my pants? There's a lot of there's, those feelings, especially. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's like a lot of going, like, what's going Like, what are these feelings? There's butterflies, things like that. And Estelle deals with that throughout the game. Uh, one, mm-hmm. one scene that sticks out to me is the scene with her and Tita in the, uh, the hot tub. Oh, the, the, the steam room <laughs> yes. where Tita's little innocent ass is just like, are y'all married? Oh, and yeah. Still f- it's so cute. Out. <laughs> Which I love Tita, by the way. Tita is an adorable little character. She like, is. And the fact that her S break was a minigun was the best thing ever. Tita is <laughs> one of my favorite characters that you grow to love. She, she comes back. Let's put it that way. Good. good. <laughs> She's going to be around. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so, Josh, basically, like Estelle starts freaking out about uh, basically trying to gather her feelings so she can discuss them with Joshua, and she runs off to go get some ice cream. This is where my head spun. So, yeah, Professor Al- it gets crazy. Professor Alba shows up now. Oh, Professor! I don't, I don't know <laughs> if me and Willie touched on this too much, but. Professor Alba keeps showing up throughout the game. Like when you find you find him the first time you go to that tower with Niall and Dorothy. Yeah, he's on top of the tower, and they're like, "Hey, how did you get through that entire monster-infested tower?" <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's never really explained. And then he no, he no. just pops up at the most opportune times, and he shows up this time, and he says something to Joshua, and Joshua stands up and is like, "Hey." <laughs> he's basically like you've shown up every time something goes down and even hmm. when Kyle like his or Kurt whatever his name was uh, was having memory issues you were right there next to him hmm interesting Josh is like I think you're the one behind it all all of a sudden Professor Alba goes from the face that you've seen the entire game to like this menacing look yeah. And he's like, oh, so you figured me out. And he's like, well, good. Let me, uh, you don't, you don't seem to remember who you are. Let me help you with that. And he basically snaps his fingers and all of these quick slides flash across the screen. It's like the memories coming back to Joshua. Cause he hasn't really been able to remember that much about his, his past. No. And it comes flooding back and you learn that. He's actually, oh, what was it called? The Black... The Black Fang. Thank you, yes. He is actually known as the Black Fang. And he is part of the Jaeger unit that um, the, oh, God, what was his name? The the blonde-haired, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the red mask guy. I can't remember his name. It was like Lieutenant something. Him. Uh, he was in the same, basically, uh, group as that guy. Mm-hmm. And Joshua was like taken in by that by Professor Alba when he was really really young, and then reprogrammed to be a fucking killer. And yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff. He drops this shit on him, and then Josh, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, he hang. He's still there when it still gets back with the ice cream, and then they go for a walk at the. At, at, 
in the royal palace, I believe. Yeah, they go up to the top. Yeah, there. and Estelle, they like they wake. She wakes up the next day or whatever, or it might be later on. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're back at the royal city, and she talks to Shirazard about how she, she's in love with Joshua, and Shirazard's like, "That's about time you admitted it." <laughs> and Shirazard reveals, "Yes, we all know it's the worst kept secret the whole game." Yeah. <laughs> yes. So she's like, "All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go talk to him about it." And at this point, I'm like, "All right, this is this is gonna be the end. It's gonna be happy ever after. Ready to start chapter two yep. together. It's gonna be great." And listener, I'm uh-huh. sure you can hear by the tone of my voice that that is not what fucking happens. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to be okay. <laughs> so you hear Josh playing harmonica, and you follow the harmonica, and you find him out on this top area in the the garden on top of the royal palace. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. <laughs> she goes up. They start talking. Josh tells her he's finally ready to tell her about his past. And I meant to pull the story up so I could read it, and I completely forgot. Um, That's okay. People need to experience something. So, Josh basically lays out that he was a child assassin, and that he has killed a lot of people, and that one day he was hired to kill a man, a great man, uh, a member of the royal army in a high class now bracer uh-huh. uh, he was sent to kill Cassius da, da, da. but as things go Cassius was too good <laughs> as per anything <laughs> you ever hear about Cassius Cassius was too good yes and he whooped Joshua's ass yeah and then I'm not really sure like they didn't really explain how the memory thing happened if they did I missed it because I was too overwhelmed by what was going on um but Josh's memory basically gets wiped and Cassius brings him home. And that's where you first meet Joshua is after he yes, tried to kill Cassius. That night. Yeah. So Joshua says that, you know, he has to leave out to go right the wrongs. And he and Estelle's like, well, take me with you. And he's like, no, I have to do this by myself. Yeah. And Estelle, you know, goes and she's like, Josh. I love you. She's like, just because, you know, you say these things doesn't mean I can just make my feelings go away. I'm in, I'm in Mm. love with you, Joshua. And I'm like, at this point, like, (gasps) yeah, exactly. (gasps) Oh God. And and Joshua grabs her and she's like, Josh, and he kisses her. And I jumped up out of my seat. Like, yes, (laughs) yes. Finally. Yes. And then she goes, she says, what's this? And he said, it's a, it's a fast acting sedative. And I sat down and I went, what? Uh, and he's like, don't worry. Uh, you'll be fine when you wake up. He goes, I have to do this on my own. But Estelle, I've, lo- I al- I've always loved you. I loved you since the minute I met you. And uh, mm. at this point, tears are welling up in my eyes. I wasn't like bawling, crying, but <laughs> I had the single tear. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yes, yes. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> And she basically gets to hear that as she falls asleep. Uh, and that's the end of the fucking game. And that's it. Like, no, nothing else. Like, roll credits. Like, that's how, that's how it's going oh, to Oh, I'm end. getting goosebumps right now. Like, it, it, just the end that came on that note. And you're like, what? I mean, think about the balls it takes to do that, right? Oh, dude. Uh, I can't. I, I've been trying to think of parallels, like because there's no other game parallels for this series. Like I don't even know another movie that could really pull that off. Um, that ending in particular, like not not to count everything you experienced before that, but that ending and the the feeling that you have, and then you know experiencing that and not being able to play second chapter right away, like that'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, the, as we're sitting here talking, I'm sitting here going, well, I guess I'm going to play second chapter when we're done here. You need to. Just, I mean, because <laughs> there's so much that you're going to, and you can, like I said, you know, obviously the game just go on for a while, but you do get tons of answers in second chapter that's going to at least bring some resolution to things. And you got to at least find out what, where's this 
jackass going, right? <laughs> yeah, that's like so after after the credits or not really the credits, but like uh, after that happens and it comes up and says end and all that, it shows a cutscene of basically what's to come in the second chapter, which is you know Estelle setting out to bring Josh home, of course, and then like Joshua trying to figure out you know, how to solve his past and things like that. And I was I found it interesting that that cutscene was included in that game, and I understand that they were both already out on PSP or whatever. But I looked into it. Apparently, the Sky trilogy was written as one long game, mm. or like the story was already written out. And yeah, so it makes sense that they ended there, knowing that they already had the second part of the story done and ready to go so like that kind of not that it makes it any less ballsy but it just makes it like okay well at least they knew that it was going somewhere so it's not like a game that there was no chance of there being a second one (laughs) so you would never find out what happened because that's happened before with tv shows and video games yeah exactly no it was very much written like a three-part movie and broken up accordingly and i just man just that fucking when Josh told her I've I've always loved you, and what an ending, bro! Just just what an ending. It's one of the few moments, and it it will stick with you for a long time. How good that game is, and how good it ends. Well, I, I guess good or bad. I mean, it's frustrating, that's for sure. But <laughs> at the same time, it was wonderful, and oh man, so many so many more questions you need to need to find out the answer to and that I can't reveal much more than what you know now. <laughs> oh, I know, man. I have, I have questions for you that I'm just keeping to myself because it's like, I don't want to spoil anything. And there's a lot of territory that could be spoiled. I assume. Yeah. And there's you like, you'll learn so much in second chapter, but a lot of things don't get resolved until cold steel three. And, f- and then four, kind of puts a bow on that arc, so to speak. And you get even more answers at the end of that. So you, you have, you've signed up for a long train ride. That's, um, uh, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a real good one. And most of the people that I know that have tried these games, love them and just can't wait for the new ones. For sure. Yeah, dude, I'm super looking forward to it. Like I said, I, I'm probably going to start second chapter and just play it in my own time. There you go. Um, just because I, man, I got, I got to find out what the fuck happened. Oh yeah. And you've got to, there's no yeah, way. E- even if I play through it, you know, in the next couple of months and then it pops next year, it's like, okay, well I can just casually play back through it and refresh my memory or watch some videos on it. You know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. That, that would be my approach to it. I mean, I know, I know it's your podcast and that's how you play the game, but <laughs> I, I couldn't wait. There was no way I was waiting after yeah. that ending to figure out what's going on with. Uh, <sighs> I will say the, the only reason, the only reason I didn't um, say, fuck it. Let's just jump right into uh second chapter was because uh, Willie was having issues finishing the first one. Okay. So, that makes sense. And that's just life issues. So, you know, everybody oh, those. I know um, exactly how that goes. <laughs> So once he gets around to finishing it, you know, then then we'll talk about bringing the second one up for the for the show. But I'm trying to give him the the benefit of finishing the episode first. Like I know he won't hear this until he's finished the game. So, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, if you're if you're listening to this, Willie, let's uh, let's start preparing for second chapter, bud. <laughs> <laughs> did um, did you like the battle system? Oh yeah, let's touch on that uh, okay. here at the end. Um, I liked it a lot. It reminded me like a mishmash of like Final Fantasy style turn-based with the grid system of like Fire Emblem. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've also heard a lot of parallels between Legend of Heroes and Grandia. I don't know if you can touch on that because I've never played Grandia. Uh, I mean, most Grandia's biggest thing is the cancellation. So with a lot of the arts and the crafts in particular, they do have, some of them have cancel abilities, which obviously cancels out the actions of, of the other team that there's a couple games that touch on that. Grandi is the main one. Uh, and 
it, it, you, you will get to a point, not so much in one, but you will have to either avoid or cancel attacks in the future to prevent death. <laughs> and so it just adds another layer to it. I don't typically like grid turn-based games, um, but this one in particular drew me in and they just, they improved the formula every single game somehow. Like, no, it is, they changed something in every single one and it's always for the better. Yeah, and I was actually going to ask you um, how the battle systems are later on in like the Trails games. Are they still the grid-based or is it No, more... so after, I don't know, I think they're still in Cross Spell. I can't speak for certain, but by the time you get to Cold Steel, at least the grid part is done it is still in a field and there's cones and there's you know areas and stuff but it's not like individual blocks they get rid of that part of it but it's still in essence grid based but it's not you know feel like you're moving so many spaces um okay so it's you know, kind of like your movement a- is still a thing like you know the higher the movement the more you can move on the field and less but it's not you know individual squares on the field Okay, so it's kind of like uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, where you can run around, but it's a little more uh, worthy than that. Because in Dragon Quest, it's just visual. It, yeah, it, it has no that, bearing whatsoever on the game. But it actually matters in Trails, where it's it, like very positioning. Much. It, it's yeah. everything. Like, in terms of the, the way the attacks go with arts and everything, it, it introduces it in Sky. And by the time you get <laughs> into the later ones, it's everything. Cool man, cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the uh, the combat, and like I said in the beginning, the aesthetic of this game, the graphics. There's something that just warmed my heart about it. I love pre-rendered graphics. Mm. I I don't know why. Um, maybe it's the time that I grew up in, but like Absolutely. anytime I see those those pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff, I'm just like, oh, I'm home. I didn't play. You know, I played them. Actually, my <laughs> my old PC was capable of playing them on Steam. So that's the like. Those are the only two games I've ever played on Steam, if that says anything. Um, I don't know how they looked on PSP, but I thought the way... I know there was some modifications to the PC version. I thought it was beautiful, um, especially for a game that came out, what, 2006? 2005, 2006? Something in that time range. Like It looks fantastic. I love the look of the game. Yeah. Um, two things that I... I, I, one thing about the game that I really liked and then one thing that I did that I'm looking forward to is I thought it was interesting that this game came out first on PC in Japan then it was released on PC or then was released on PSP then it got bigger on PSP so then when they released it back over here they released it on PC yeah <laughs> it's, it's strange it's very odd especially with the way they are now because <laughs> Uh, the games come out first on consoles, and then six months to a year later, it'll come out in the West and on PC. So, yeah. I it, it, that is very very strange to say the least. And um, there, so obviously you can play this on Steam. You can play if you've got PSP, but you can play it on your Vita as well mm-hmm. as a download game. I think I even saw it the other day, like twenty bucks. I don't know what's going oh, yeah. for on Steam, but I think that's fairly similar priced. Yeah, I think it's twenty bucks on Steam for the first one. I think yeah. they grow in price as you go up. But um, one of the things that I did, speaking of Vita, was in Japan there was a version released called Trails in the Sky FC Evolution and SC oh. Evolution, and they had full voice acting. That would and be cool. Modders are wonderful people, and <laughs> have gotten it to where you can put the voices from the vita version into the pc version okay i wonder so if that's I d- what the attacks and everything or just fully voiced oh no it's like when your characters are talking they have japanese voice actors interesting because of course you know when they do the crafts and the s breaks they had their voice on there yeah but I, i'm assuming that it's i wonder if it's the same voices that they got to do in cold steel uh, i'm not sure i know the uh, the voice of nile is apparently like a really well-known voice actor in japan and he did he pass away is that what I it be, was I, I believe he did die yeah yeah, yeah. niall's a character and a half too so we didn't oh, yeah. we, we can't we can't possibly touch on half the people in this game and it's the <laughs> shortest one <laughs> yeah 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 niall niall and dorothy were fantastic yeah um 
in fact, I think I, I told Willie that I think Dorothy is the per- the one person that annoys Estelle more than Olivia. Uh, Josette but. is probably top ranks in that category. Oh, right, right, yeah. But about that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's other reasons for that. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I played through FC without the mods. I rem- remembered them after I had beaten it. So I'm going to play through SC with the uh, the voice mod and see how it goes. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I would. I'm not sure if it, you know, I guess it could elevate the experience, but I, you know, I don't, I don't mind reading and you, you better not, you better not mind reading because that doesn't change. Like even with the newer games, it is odd. The, um, the times it's voice acted and the times that you just got to read. Yeah. And and reading doesn't bother me at all. And like the voice acting is in Japanese anyway. So I'll be reading. There you go. Regardless. But, um, yeah, it should add a little flavor to it. And if it annoys me, I'll just take them off. There you go. That's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, I'm hoping that they choose to remaster these and bring them out to consoles. Like, you know, we've got multiple versions of Cold Steel that they've redone. So if a game series ever needs to get remastered and brought out, it's this one. Yeah, for sure. I would say uh, at least Trails FC and SC and Persona 2 Parts 1 and 2. Uh, At least. If they could just give me those, I'd be happy. (laughs) And we'll talk, you know, I'm sure we'll talk again when we get to, once you get done with second chapter and then my feelings on part three. (laughs) Yeah. Part three is, uh, it's going to be interesting because I know that it's kind of like a standalone thing and it'll be interesting to go to that after the, you know, the, the arc with Estelle and Joshua to be like, all right, this is new. So, it I, is I, I, so it's so weird because it's vitally connected and yet separate at the same time. If of, I, of course, <laughs> it, it's so confusing, and you know, even I, I got about halfway through it before I just kind of got disinterested in it. But I'm like, man, this is such a weird game. I want to play it, but I don't. And I, it's a, it's it's weird. weird. I've uh, I've read on Reddit that like. Three three has vital information, but it's also skippable if you wanted to skip it. So, but I don't want to like you know I want to play all the games. That's just the way I am. the The best thing I can say is if you want to skip it, feel free to because you're going to learn everything in Cold Steel if you read all the the. You can find out all that information post if you choose to. Okay, I got you. It, almost uh, said I'll, almost said a word that I didn't I didn't mean to say there. I had to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad word, but a, a word. A that, spoiler word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I I'll uh, I'll get there eventually. Like I'll make the decision when I get there. Like if I play it and it's not really interesting to me, then I'll just like watch an overview and move on. You know. Okay. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, is there uh, anything else that you'd like to touch on, my brother? Uh, other than. Everybody needs to experience these games one way or another. I wish there was a lower barrier. I mean, obviously, I know your crowd is Steam-based, but, you know, I feel like mine's more console. And I, I hate that these are not available digitally on a home console. You know, obviously, it's on the Vita and on the PSP, but yeah, it's it's a crime in my mind that they're not. And Falcom has expressed, you know, President Kondo especially said that he wanted these games available on modern consoles, and yet it still eludes. And that's frustrating to me because you really, it's, and then they did this as well, like in the West, you can play Cold Steel 3 and 4 on the Switch, but you can't, they're just now getting around to putting 1 and 2 out. That's crazy. Like, you just ruined it. (laughs) Yeah, for people coming in and they started with Trails Three, I'm sure that's I, a lot a lot of info missing. Yeah, there were the, and there was a bunch of really dumb reasons for that. But yeah, there the people need to experience this story. It, it'd be like if you watched Lord of the Rings and didn't know what went on in the Hobbit. You you should not you should understand that story. It, it makes yeah. it makes a lot more sense that way. Yeah, that's like coming in at Return of the King. Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't have a clue. It'd be it'd be pointless, really. You could not appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I understand that for sure, dude. Um, well, then, would you like to uh, 
give your show a little plug diddly diddly do uh, yeah yeah why not that sounds good uh, <laughs> uh jrpg report every week usually on thursdays but uh sometimes some other days but yeah we put out a weekly podcast just talking about all the news of the week talking about trailers and games coming out and all the info covering games you know right now there's no trails to cover but uh yeah, check it out. You can listen on any major platform. We do video versions of it on YouTube. You can subscribe over there. Um, if, you, if you're watching on Spotify, uh, you can watch or listen, whatever you want to do. That's a new thing that we just started a little while ago. But, huh. yeah, check it, check it out, and I'd appreciate it. Yeah, it's good shit, man. That's where I get all my JRPG news, and I cannot recommend it enough. If you're a fan of this show... Uh, this show partly exists because I was listening to the JRPG report. So <laughs> I think that everybody should go give it a listen. And I appreciate it, brother. It's always fun. And we'll, we'll have you on here real, real soon. Uh, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk all kinds of stuff. And I did, Hey, I feel like this was fairly PG 13. We did, we did pretty good on the language on, on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I don't know why. Like, I just, I don't know. This game didn't bring out a ton of cuss words in me, other than I will say it's fucking good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we almost got, we got an hour into it before it got too <laughs> But, you know, I had to throw one in there. Uh, it, yeah. I, like he said, this game, I recommend it to everybody. Um, it's really quickly climbed up my favorites list, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing it through to the end, man. Yeah. If you get a chance, like it does actually go on sale on Steam from time to time. You can pick up the whole trilogy. Um, that's what I did initially. Uh, yeah. Usually it's uh, Golden Week is a good time, and then they do like a big in Japan sale every once in a while. But they're not cheap. You know, but you can catch them on sale if you're if you're witty. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my recommendation is to add them to your wish list on Steam, and it, Steam will tell you anytime that they're on sale. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's what I recommend. Well, all right, man. Then that'll about do it for this episode of the Steam Machine Podcast, the uh, Steam Machine Extra, if you will. Uh, James, thank <laughs> you so much for joining me, my brother. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And to you listeners, we will uh, see you next week for some full throttle remastered. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.